In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim, so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. No, the lamp of God had not yet gone out. About a month and a half ago, my parents surprised me with a package that arrived unexpected at my apartment here in New York. They gifted me an advent calendar, but not just any advent calendar, a Lego advent calendar where each day you get to build a small creation to mark your progress through Advent and towards Christmas. This present was a nod from my parents to many childhood Christmases past. It was a stroll down memory lane and a reminder of the joy that always met me under the tree in the guise of a brand new Lego set just waiting to be built. And it was certainly a reminder of the deep, deep love my parents have for me, the real gift that any present usually points to. Now, because Legos are a toy and toys are typically for children, it had been some time since I visited Legoland, also known as the Lego website to see what building sets are now available. But wouldn't you know it, the advent calendar lit a spark in me, and as such my curiosity soon got the better of me. Scrolling through the website, I could see that many of the set themes that were popular when I was a kid are indeed still around, still popular today. Turns out pirate ships and castles and fast cars are just as enticing now as they were then. But what I was surprised to see on the website as my scrolling continued is a whole range of sets that are now specifically geared and marketed towards adults. It even says so on the box, age 18 plus. Designed to look like something you could presentably display on a shelf at home or even an office, these new LEGO sets take a tour of a number of the world's great architectural wonders. You can build the Taj Mahal if you want, or London Bridge, or one of the great pyramids of Egypt. You can even build a micro-scale model of falling water one of Frank Lloyd Wright's most iconic designs. Well, as you can probably tell by now, marketing works. Because these new adult-geared Lego sets completely captured my imagination. Caught up in a stupor, a dopamine rush, I immediately clicked Add to Cart. Without even realizing it, and a mere five days later, a slick black architecture-themed Lego box arrived at my door. And near the bottom of the box, in small white print, it said, Adults Welcome. See? Marketing does work. Now built and at home atop a shelf in my apartment is the completed set I ordered. 
It's a nearly 1700 piece model of the Statue of Liberty. A building that easily takes its place among the other great architectural wonders previously mentioned and a site that holds particular meaning for me, perhaps for you too, as someone who lives in New York. Like any Lego set, the model includes an instruction manual to show you how to build it. But what is unique to this set is that those instructions are printed in three different languages. English, French, and Spanish. A recognition of the partnership between the United States and France, yes, that allowed the project to be built. But also more broadly, it's an acknowledgement of what the Statue of Liberty represents to people all around the world. A universal symbol of freedom and democracy that lifts a lamp to potential to the hope of a better tomorrow, that declares our strength, not our weakness, is that out of many, we can become one. Different, and I might say an improvement from the Lego models I built as a kid, is that the instructions now include a range of facts and figures that allow you to get better acquainted with whatever it is you're setting out to build. For example, over the course of building the Lego Statue of Liberty, I learned that the internal structure of the statue was designed by Gustav Eiffel, the same Gustav Eiffel responsible for the Eiffel Tower. And for example, I was reminded of something that most of us already know, that between 1886 and 1924, almost 14 million immigrants entered the United States through New York. And that the Statue of Liberty, that golden lamp, was often the first greeting, the first sign of welcome those immigrants received. Yes, scripture tells us, today's scripture tells us that at that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. But the lamp of God had not yet gone out. No, the lamp of God had not yet gone out. The book of Samuel, or the books of Samuel, even though it's really just one book that we divide into two parts, is a story that focuses on three main characters. The prophet Samuel, for whom the book gets its name, and then King Saul, and after him, King David. Now, we're not really going to talk about the latter two characters too much today, the two kings, except to say that all three figures are important because they transition Israel from a group of tribes into a unified kingdom ruled by King David in Jerusalem. So with that context set, let's return then to focus more on Samuel and the specifics of his story because, well, it's a pretty good story. Arriving on the scene at an odd time, the world greets Samuel in a particularly chaotic state. The tribal city-states are all ruled by clan leaders who sow disorder time and again. Because there is no sense of unity, no overarching feeling of connection that holds any weight. Instead, everyone just does what is right in their own eyes, and turmoil follows. 
There is no king in Israel, no great unifier. And because of that, we're told this is the reason why things are so out of control. And to make matters worse, we're also told that the religious institutions of the day are a bit sluggish and tired. They've grown old. They're not as alert as they used to be. And at times it seems clear that they are asleep at the wheel. As the beginning of today's passage tells us, the rituals continue, but seldom lead to a divine encounter. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. And yet, and yet, the lamp of God continued to burn. The lamp, the fire, the light still had not gone out. In pretty much every respect, Samuel and Eli represent the challenge of their times. Eli is a priest, a product of the institution, and he's grown old. He doesn't see as well as he used to or hear as well as he used to, and he can't control his children anymore as they step over him and act further and further out of line. But that doesn't mean that God's work through Eli has ended. It doesn't mean that he no longer has purpose. Samuel, a budding prophet, is sent to live with Eli, is sent to be nurtured under his instruction and guidance for a reason. Is Eli still old? Yes. Do his stories run long and does his advice sometimes miss the mark? Also yes. But none of that changes the fact that Eli still has wisdom to share, that he is still very much in the Lord's service. As we see in these verses, Samuel needs Eli. He needs his help to identify, to discern God's voice. Now, sure, does it take old Eli a little time to get there? Does it take him literally three times, three instances of Samuel running into his room in the middle of the night for the light bulb to finally go off? Sure. But at a time when the word of the Lord was rare, at a time when the visions were not widespread and the voice was barely audible, Eli, at the very least, knew deep in his bones how to hear that voice and attend to it. And so the story we read today, this snapshot is a testament to one of the best gifts religious community has to offer. It's a reminder that these four walls contain something that is precious in our day. A space that is truly intergenerational. A space where being close to those who have walked the road before us helps us hear and see, taste and touch, helps us come into encounter with the living God. It's a place where the old can still teach the young, and I might add, if you want to come with me or Julia to Children's Chapel one Sunday, you can see that it's a place where the young certainly have things to teach the old too. In short, we all need each other to be fully in relationship with God. Yes, what we need, every one of us, is to be mindful of the Eli's in our lives is to be mindful of those people who have walked ahead of us, who know the voice of God. Which reminds me of another story, a short one. And as it turns out, it's another Christmas-related story, too. 
A number of years ago, I was home in Virginia visiting my family, and as I just mentioned, I was there to see them for the Christmas holiday. Typical of Christmas morning in my family, we made coffee and mimosas. My mother dished out slices of a breakfast treat she always makes that could just as easily be a dessert. And of course, we all eventually sat around the tree to begin opening presents. The first couple of gifts I opened were just what I expected and just what I wanted. A new sweater I had asked for, and oh, wait for it, another new sweater I had asked for. But the third gift I held in my hands did not come in a sweater-shaped box. So naturally, I was quite curious to see what was waiting for me underneath the festive wrapping paper. The package was from my uncle, and the gift took a minute to mentally download as I slowly but eventually realized just what it was. Framed and beautifully matted, the gift was a high-resolution facsimile of the ship's log that bears my great-grandfather's name, documenting the year he immigrated to the United States through Ellis Island. In big, bold letters at the top, it says, list or manifold of alien passengers. It lists the ship he sailed on, SS California, the port of origin, Glasgow, Scotland, the date of arrival, August 12th, 1916. His name, James H. Morton, his age, 16 years old, his calling or occupation, Laborer. Whether he could read or write, both yes. And his last address, 73 St. George's Street. As I mentioned earlier, the instructions for the Lego Statue of Liberty include a range of facts and figures that allow you to get better acquainted with whatever it is you're setting out to build. And as I mentioned earlier, one of those facts and figures is that between 1886 and 1924, almost 14 million immigrants entered the United States through New York. And the Statue of Liberty, that golden lamp, was often the first greeting, the first sign of welcome those immigrants received, my great-grandfather included. In the gospel lesson appointed for today, we're introduced to someone whose preconceived notions almost prevent him from an encounter with God. Now, in Nathaniel's defense, the belief that Jesus would surely hail from some great city was widely held. Nobody expected the one whom Moses and the prophets wrote about to grow up in some backwater. Hence his response, can anything good come out of Nazareth. And so, not surprisingly, it's good that this story continues to be read, because despite centuries of striving, we, like Nathaniel, still haven't managed to shake off all manner of preconceived notions that get in the way of our encounters with God, myself included. One hundred years ago, one could have easily wondered 
If anything good would ever come from a 16-year-old day laborer with no money to his name brought here from some distant shore. Just like today, one could easily wonder if anything good will ever come from a 16-year-old day laborer with no money to his name brought here from some distant shore. And yet I believe that that story is just as valuable as the others because all of them ask us to consider the experience of our ancestors. And like Samuel, I think every one of us is being asked to be mindful of those people. People like my grandfather and your grandparents who walked ahead of us through all manner of difficulty, yet knew the voice of God and as a consequence planted trees whose shade they would never enjoy. So perhaps then, perhaps that's the question that we need. Perhaps that's the thought we need to consider as we wrestle with the changes and chances of this fleeting world, the struggles of today. Who are the Eli's in our lives? And what word do they then have to offer? Perhaps they can help us hear and see, taste and touch. Perhaps, perhaps they can help us come into an encounter with the true and living God. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.